Today's the day that we celebrate the very best, the very worst, and everything in between in all the motorsport that we follow. It's time for the 6th Annual Motorsport 101 Award Show! Yay. And here are your hosts, Cam Buckley, Ryan King, RJ O'Connell, and Andre Harrison! Hey, hey, thank you, Johnny Gilbert. Hey, everybody, how's it going? Um, this sadly, wait, wait, this wasn't the audition for Jeopardy? Shit. Um, oh, hi, it's the Motorsport 101 Awards show. Good evening, everybody. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Trey Harrison, and uh, welcome to the sixth Motorsport 101 Awards show. If you're curious about what happened to the fifth, it got cancelled due to COVID-19. But good news is we are all still socially distanced here. We're all welcome, everybody. But yeah, I'm going to sing Imagine band. by John Lennon. <laughs> for no but reason to inflate our own egos not for anybody else's betterment <laughs> the panel is already half drunk because RJ's cup is full of blueberry wine um, it could be a long hour or so it's delicious, it's three years vintage <laughs> three years, wow uh, excellent um, but yeah, gentlemen, how are we doing on this on this final award show? Um, have Merry Christmas, everybody, as well, by Merry the way. Merry Christmas uh, and a happy 2022. It'll be a brand new year by the time that you, the public, listen to this episode. In fact, mm. uh, Dre, if I'm not mistaken, it is just past midnight where you are. It's yes, new it is. Eve. It is New Year's Eve in the UK as we speak. 13 minutes past midnight here in the UK. Um, it's the last day of 2021, and I think I speak on behalf of most people when I say, fuck, thank God that's over. Um, <laughs> yes. Onwards to 2022 and the sixth wave of COVID. Shit. Um, but we will still soldier out on award show. Um, talking about the best, the worst, and everything in between when it comes to motorsport in the year of our Lord, 2020 and one. Um... With me, we have Ryan King, of course, RJ O'Connell, and Cam Buckley. We will run you through the nominations, and then we will get into a huge fight to determine who wins each category. For those guys who are unaware, because for some reason I am host, I apparently get cast in votes. Although I'm not, no I'm not normally that drunk with power. I am normally a people person, because like Emperor Palpatine, I love democracy. Maybe. We'll see how we go, but... Uh, yeah, I think Fanny Award Show will be live right after this. But first, places you can find us real quick. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter and Motorsport underscore 101. Our personal handles are on the screen now if you're watching on YouTube. If not, they're at Harrison101HD, at Ryan Eric King, at CBucky917, and at RJ O'Connell. We're on Instagram and Motorsport 101 Pod. Uh, we are on. Uh, we also on our website motorsport101.com and if you really like us you can back us financially on Patreon patreon.com forward slash motorsport101 all bunch of perks and whatnot on there as well yeah there's yeah. our website it's all fancy there's our stuff now there is our Which privacy is policy important because, uh, stuff <laughs> because we, we, care about whether, we care about your choices as to how much personal information you share with us it's important it's very important I'm glad we showed that off for the viewing public to see so, we've got our punch, we've all sat down, and uh, may the games begin. Welcome to the Motorsport 101 6th Annual Awards Show. And we start off with the 2021 Race of the Year Awards. Oh, and I thought we were going to start off with like 10 minutes of topical humor that's bound to age poorly, and some of it's off-color and way out of pocket. 
Do I look like Ricky Gervais to you? D don't answer no. that. Um... No, no, no. <laughs> no, we would never compare ourselves to that fat fuck. <laughs> this is not, I love this it is not. This is not. This is not to to like make fun of anybody's play. And that, that's where we cut. Sucks. That's that's where we cut with some intense freeform jazz, and then overhead shots of all of our cities. <laughs> we pulled our entire Motorsport 101 listener base. Listen, I know we're not the largest podcast, but hey. You know what? We found a niche, and we're good with it. And the top four vote-getters of each category have progressed to the stage where their nominations have been read out. Right, so your nominees for the race of the year are Formula One's Brazilian Grand Prix, the Lewis Hamilton comeback heard around the world, Formula E's Monaco E-Prix, the dive bomb scene around the world, the 2021 Indianapolis 500 is on the short list. Helio's fourth majestic win. And MotoGP's Austrian Grand Prix. Lord Shithouse Binder for the win. Um, so, gentlemen, which, which way are we going for the 2021 race of the year? I would like to start by making my case for the 2021 Indianapolis 500. This was actually one of my nominations. I... I, I remember to submit in a nomination in a timely manner for change. Uh, <laughs> this race had everything, including a historic outcome, uh, the reintroduction of fans after we didn't have it in 2020, a much improved quality of race, uh, not just in competition, but also in quality. This was the fastest Indianapolis 500 on record. The driving mm. standards were immense. Pit lane entry incidents not included. Uh, we had some surprising comeback performances, including Simon Pagano. We saw some great breakout performance. People like Connor Daly, Renus VK, Patricio Ward, Alex Pelot. And, of course, we had the scenes of Elio celebrating an improbable fourth record-tying victory. That is my case for the Indianapolis 500, and that is why I nominated it. Jake, what about you? Monaco. Formula E. Monaco e free, New Classic. <laughs> who, need, who needs the Monaco Grand Prix? Get rid of that. This uh, is the Monaco Grand Prix now, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the, 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 as good a point as any. You know, we've single-handedly replaced the Monaco Grand Prix with the Monaco e -Prix. It's just better in every way. Yeah, you can uh, actually people here. I know! It's great, isn't it? Um, Cam, what do you reckon? See, my nomination didn't make the list. Uh, it was another MotoGP race. Uh, I believe it was Aragon, the Ooh, fight scene around pick. the world between Mark Marquez and Pecco Bagnaia. It's a great That's choice. okay. Great race, but I understand why it wasn't on the list. Of these four, I, I'm going to have to lean towards RJ on this one. Uh, this year's Indianapolis 500 had a little bit of everything. Um, the racing quality was superb. Um, four-time Indianapolis 500 winner crowned yet again. Mm. Strawberry milk forever. Yep. And uh, after the terrible, no good, and very bad 2020 Indy 500, that was a hell of a way to come back. Gentlemen, you've made a compelling argument down the bottom there for the Indy 500. Now, see, my nomination was the MotoGP Grand Prix in Austria, which was already shaping up to be a classic, and then the rain came down with six laps to go. Um, <clears throat> if you have not seen the end of that race, I highly recommend you do. Regardless, 
of what motorsport series you follow. You do not need to be a MotoGP fan to recognize just how frankly ridiculous the last six laps of that race was. It's utterly terrifying what Brad Binder was able to do on that race. It was like, and even before that, the action was superb. <clears throat> this is tough. Like... I have to kind of pick between the Indy 500 and Monaco here, and <sighs> for just how much I enjoyed it, comparatively speaking, I'm gonna go with hitting on this one, and I'm gonna say the Formula E Monaco E Prix as our race of the year. That was the best Monaco race of any kind I have ever seen in my 29 years of life. I like, have no complaints you made, with this. You made Monaco was, entertaining. <laughs> yeah, you basically get a free pass at that point. Um, yeah. we had a we had a race around Monaco, not a procession. No, no a race, a proper one with drama, frills, and brilliant overtaking. More on that in a minute. But uh, yeah, our twenty twenty one race of the year. The Monaco E-Prix for Formula E, everybody. Everybody Yay. celebrate at the Steak and Shake at Sandavat. Yes. Go find, go, find shake, your, go find yourself a sugar daddy in one of those upscale Monaco apartments and celebrate with some steak and shake. Bitchin. Up next, our next category is the Scott McLaughlin Memorial. He's not dead. He's very much alive and thriving <laughs> award for the best overtake. On both two and four wheels. This, of course, named in honor of Scott Blockman, who once pulled off a successful overtake in a supercar's race despite being having all four wheels locked. And the nominees are. The nominees are Romain Grosjean at, for IndyCar on Scott Dixon at Laguna Seca, the pass at the corkscrew. Um, Romain Grosjean decided F it for most of that race, and it was fun. Um, Max Verstappen on Lewis Hamilton and Esteban Ocon at the Saudi Arabia Grand Prix, the standing restart that, uh, yay, who needs starting third? Plea deals are overrated anyway. I'm just going to take the lead at the first corner anyway. Um, Antonio Felix da Costa on Mitch Evans, the final lap of the Monaco E-Prix in Formula E, um, quite possibly the greatest overtake in Formula E history. Um, utterly ridiculous final lap move, um, from Felix da Costa on that one. And and Verstappen's on here twice. He's got the other double overtake he pulled off in the F1 season on Lewis Hamilton again and Valtteri Bottas at Mexico. The move that would probably go on to win him that race, as a matter of fact. So, gentlemen, who gets the Scotty? We got a good, uh, we got a good class of Scotties here. You know, uh, people, uh, people were good this year. They ate their Yeeties before stepping mm -hmm. into these racing cars. Yep, and. Um, Quite a lot, of, a lot here of asking forgiveness, not permission. <laughs> I mean, true. it's it says a lot that one driver was nominated twice. Yeah. Mm. Hello, Max. <laughs> oh, we'll get into that overtake first. Uh, Max Verstappen, turn one, lap one, around both of the Mercs on the outside of turn one in Mexico. Oh, yeah. Oh, Filth. after Filth. after a pretty severe underperformance in qualifying, Max took no time to uh, correct that mistake. 
broke way too late, yet not too late, kept it within the white lines, passed both Mercs, and then drove off into the distance, never to be seen again, until he parked up and was immediately ripped out of the car and hugged by Sergio Perez's dad. Yep, adopted, on the day. Good for him. Um, I guess so. I, I, like, like, Keg, what do you reckon? Are you going to plump for Formula E twice in a row here? No, nah, <laughs> no, nah, Verstappen at, at Mexico City. That was amazing around the outside pass. Yep. RJ? I I will once again go into my, my rationale behind nominating Antonio Felix Sacasa on Matt Chevins at Monaco. Uh, that was the perfect climax to a perfect race of the year winner. Um, for all the shit that people give Formula E about its driving standards, whether or not it's deserved or not, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, that was just everything you expect you want Formula E to be. A last lap overtake this side of the race without a bunch of bullshit behind it. It's just a perfectly executed move at the Nouvelle Chicane for the win of the race. Antonio Felix da Costa sized it up perfectly and that's why i nominated that's why i'm sticking with that as my vote even if i'm sure that it's not gonna end up winning because i think i know where this is headed really <laughs> i i have to concur with uh with king and cam on this one free the one so the winner of the overtake of the year the scotty award the Max Verstappen double overtake on Hamilton and Bottas at Mexico. When you outbreak and overtake Lewis Hamilton by the better part of 30 meters around the outside of turn one at Mexico, which is a treacherous corner to begin with, right? In one of the longest runs to turn one of the year, three wide. That's the move of a world champion, which is what he would go on to win. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it says a lot that he made this list twice. He, made, he took risks that he was not prepared uh, that no one else in the field was prepared to make. And, uh, yeah, Max Verstappen uh, on another level off the line this year. Our Scotty Award winner, Verstappen and Hamilton um, on Bottas at Mexico. Uh, nominated by me, and one Lewis Sotheby. Shout out to Lewis out there as well. So thanks to him for sending in the ballots. <laughs> Disclaimer, so uh, Michael Massey was not involved in any of the decision-making in the Motorsport 101 Awards. I have no idea no! what you're talking oh, about. This isn't right! <laughs> On to our next set of awards. Uh, the most improved, or the most improved, depending on how you read it. This is the award given to the person or team that has made the biggest step forward between the 2020 and the 2021 racing season. Uh, it was uh, pretty. It, it was pretty tight just to make this list. Mm. I will say uh, because we had a lot of one vote getters. This vote was split a lot of ways, but only the top four advanced. Indeed. So your nominees are for the most improved athlete of the year. Representing IndyCar, Renus VK, who took his first IndyCar series win earlier this year. A World Superbike mention from our man Lewis, Top Prack Razgatioglu, who we don't talk about World Superbikes on this show as much anymore, but he conquered the mountain of Jonathan Ray after seven years of dominance. Jonathan Ray was defeated. You see what happens now. <laughs> Revenge is a dish best served gold in this case. Uh, from representing Formula One, Lando Norris uh, out of McLaren, who you know, finished fifth in the championship this year. Sorry. And representing MotoGP, Francesco Bagnaia for the G factory Ducati team in MotoGP. Those are your nominations. King, who do you reckon? Hmm. Top rack. Top rack. 
Wow, okay. Give, give one word. Gab, who do you reckon? The more I think about it, I think King raises a really good point. When you go from pretty good... <laughs> when you go from pretty good in World Superbike to frankly, smacking up Jonathan Ray for most of the year, which mm. doesn't happen. Damn. Just damn. However... I, I, lo I love that you said that Top Rack made a good... Like, King made a good point there. He just said the word Top, top rack, rack, and that was a... No, just, and, that, <laughs> and that constitutes a point. I love it. <laughs> but here's Go on, Cam. It's like... It's like with, with Francisco Vanyai. It's like... All the improvement came through from last year and also about three quarters of this year. Mm. And then when it finally hit, it hit all at once and he proceeded to bowl over everything in his path as long as he stayed on the bike, however. Mm. Um, mm. Compared to last year, last year was Pekka was very promising but very flawed. This year, legitimate contender for fastest motorcycle rider on planet Earth. And a bona fide 2022 MotoGP World Championship contender. It has probably to be favorite said. for next year. I would say I would go as far as to say. RJ, who do you reckon? I nominated Renus VK. Um, he was a rookie last year. Um, a driver that I nominated for driver of the year was also a rookie last year. I, I didn't. I, I kind of want to spread these votes around strategically and recognize that like. Renus VK took a big step forward, uh, especially in the first half of the season. Like, before he broke his collarbone, uh, in the month of May, he was just automatic. Mm. Won the Indy Grand Prix in May. Did well in qualifying, was leading a chunk of the 500. Um, and the potential is there. I mean, he's still, like, just 21 years old. The potential's still there mm. to become a multi-time IndyCar Series champion. And that's why I went with Renus VK. Um, our, our community members that voted for Lando Norris, uh, they raise a good point because as we talked about, like if we, if we cut the season off like three quarters away and Lando Norris is our drive of the year, probably at least in the yeah. discussion. Yeah. And then Sochi happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Someone, someone popped that balloon and, uh, well, <sighs> You know. Yeah, never quite recovered from there. Yeah, shout out to our, our, our old friend of the show, Adam Johnson, for nominating that one. Lando Norris in the inbox there. Um, <laughs> it comes to me, and we have three different nominations here. And uh, do I go with what I originally nominated, and that was Francesco Bagnaio? Do I dare change my mind? I'll give you a hint. It's going to be on two wheels. Um, no, that's that's is, entirely fair. This is tough. This is tough. But for the way he closed out 2021, where he won, I think it was four out of the final six, it should have been five, really, with a five-pole run to end the year. Where we'd, like, he was still winless before Aragon that even happened in MotoGP. And then once, it's the old cliche of once the first win comes, they it just comes thundering down and... You're now looking at someone that might very well be the best motorcycle racer on the planet going into 2022. It's a terrifying thought. For, for me, the most improved 
goes to a man that almost lost his job at Ducati last year, Francesco Bagnaia for MotoGP in the factory Ducati team. Man's a man is a monster. Look out for him next year in MotoGP. Him, Fabio, possibly Marquez, possibly Mir. It's going to be a fantastic title fight. I'm really looking forward. Well, to you're going to want to get that video pass if you can. Get oh it. yeah. Like, like if, oh, you're, yeah. if you're if you're a cable God. or satellite company or streaming pack, Chaz MotoGP on you should you should turn the hell in. Spend that Up, money. That's right. Up next is the Motorsport 101 Antoine Hubert Award for the best rookie of the year. Uh, in 2019, we opted to honor the memory of Formula Two driver Antoine Hubert by making him the namesake of our Rookie of the Year Award. And then Formula Two decided to do the same thing on their own accord right around the same time. But the spirit of saying so this is the best. Yes. <laughs> Still for the best rookie of 2021 in any series. Our nominees include our reigning, defending, undisputed Antoine Hubert Award winner from last year, if we were to have one, of course. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, the nominees are representing Alpha Tauri in Formula One, Yuki Tsunoda. And uh, that was an interesting one from Rezzy and Oliver there nominating that one. Uh, the Formula Two champion for this year, Oscar Piastri. Because yes. Prima and Title Town still winning, baby. Still winning. Um, representing IndyCar um, and Dale Coyne Racing, Romain Grosjean um, for IndyCar over there. And. Fun fact, one of the most highly requested community votes of them all, Moto3 world champion Pedro Acosta, um, who was the who became the youngest lightweight world champion in Moto3 since Loris Caparossi in 1990. Um, so, damn it, you were you're taking my talking points out from why I nominated Pedro Acosta for the award. Go on, go on, RJ. Lead us I, off. First and foremost, I, I love Yuki Tsunoda, uh, but this was not his best year. There will be better I years know. ahead of him. Romain Grosjean had a fine enough rookie season, but, you know, he's a little bit on the old side, and that's fine. But, you know, it comes down to me between Oscar and Pedro Acosta. You could not go wrong with either one of these dudes. No. Oscar Piastri did something that is very rare to accomplish, winning the Formula 2 title in his rookie season. Uh, winning consecutive, I believe it's three consecutive championships up the uh, the formula the formula racing ladder in consecutive years, King. Mm. Yes, because he won yep. the Formula Renault Euro Cup, then Formula Three, and then Formula yep. Two. Formula Two, yeah, and that's really impressive. Mm. But then you get to a sixteen-year-old rider in Pedro Acosta, who going into the season was probably. Not even the most highly touted 16-year-old rookie going into the Moto3 G3 no, category. No. That was even Guevara. Very, very little talk about him going into this season. And then yeah. from the moment he put the hammer down in Qatar in the second race, it was just like, oh boy. We're it got seeing real. a really, really special rider. And he closed the job. He... He closed the job. He won the championship. You know, he had his highs, his lows. He, he survived a terrifying multi-bike accident at Circuit mm. of the Americas uh, mm. just for good fortune. Yeah. But, you know, hand over my heart, my gut feeling was leading toward probably the most exciting motorcycle racing prospect we've seen since Mark Marquez. He 
Quite possibly. Oh, Cam? Pedro Acosta. Um, 16 years old. Fast, brilliant bike-to-bike. -bike, knows how to manage a race. Knows when to be aggressive, when to back off, when to bring the points home. Sensational. Yep. King? Gotta go with Acosta. Like, while Piastri's record is really impressive... It, it it was expected that he would do well, especially with the team he was at. Uh, yeah, title down, maybe. Yeah, I don't know if that necessarily delegitimizes what he accomplishes, though. Oh no, I just I no, just think that not. Acosta was just that a little bit more impressive, given that it's a much harder series to win a title in your first season. Yeah, yeah and, but... and with little to no hype behind him, like. As King said, Piastri has been highly rated. Obviously, he just won two championships in a row. And while he was he was very good, he wasn't overwhelming until really the second half of the year. From the moment Acosta got on a Moto3 bike, he was sensational. Yeah, I. this is the first clean sweep. Um, I, I've got little to add here. He pretty much won in every sh way, shape, or form you can in Moto3. You look at the Moto3 Hall of Fame runners from the last half decade. Johan Mir, Jorge Martin, you know, Marco Bezzecchi was right up there. You know, Lorenzo Dallaporta. There, there's some really talented names that have won this title in the last half decade. Pedro Acosta is the single most exciting talent I think I've seen since Mark Marquez on a motorcycle. And I did not think someone would get up to Mark Marquez 2010 levels, and Pedro Acosta did. The kid's a monster. Um, I don't know what artificial lab he was created in, but um, whatever it is, that's some good shit. Um, it's a unanimous clean sweep. The Anfon Hubert Rookie of the Year award goes to Pedro Acosta um, in Moto3. And uh, if there's anything to go by... We could have the we could have the youngest Moto Two World Champion next year as well because then that would be terrifying. Ah, we've got one of the funny awards coming up now, haven't we, RJ? That's right, folks. Um, if you've if you've ever met up with somebody on a personal zap of your choice, and uh, you decide in a in a pre Omicron society that uh, you you want to get yourself get to know yourselves biblically, but it just turns out to be a disappointment. Um, things turn out floppy. That's right. It's our floppy award, the Motorsport 101 floppy award registered trademark for the biggest disappointment over the year. Any driver, any race, any series, any team is up for grabs. Yep. Uh, we got a wide range on this one this year. Um, yeah, the nominees for the floppy award are McLaren's Daniel Ricciardo for basically getting completely oh. railed on by Lando Norris this year. Um, oh my. need I say much more on that one? Poor Daniel. Um, Andretti also sport brackets minus Colton, uh, a signature one from uh, Chris Dehardé, uh, on that one. So shout out to him. He's in the chat right now. Hashtag voted for Pedro, apparently. It's good for him. Um, but yes, Andretti Autosport is nominated, is a nomination in there. Penske at Indianapolis, which I thought was quite a funny one. Um, I have almost having like two cars in bump day, Will Powell sweating. It was uh, not a fun time for most of Penske at Indianapolis at the 500 this year. And a overwhelming amount of fan votes for 
the Aston Martin Formula One team, uh, including half of the hosts of this podcast, are on this one. Um, I wonder who, which two they were. Any guesses at home? <laughs> You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised to know that one of them was actually uh, given an opportunity to speak with their team principal, uh, not in person, not too long ago. Love you, Matt Bishop. Amar, you seem like a really cool dude. This year was not it for you folks, because you had just come <laughs> off of a winning season with the pink Mercedes. And yes, for every yes, everybody got their slice of hubris because Aston Martin came into the season looking like they were going to be Formula 1.5 champions on a runaway, and they were just solidly mid at their best days. They got a podium out of it. There were some flashes of brilliance once Vettel got comfortable in the car. But it just wasn't all there. No. Uh, King, what do what's you reckon? What's that shirt you're wearing? What's that shirt you're wearing, Dre? <laughs> um, it's, it's flannel. <laughs> oh, well, I think it says a lot when all the other nominees come with caveats, where it's... Where it's uh, Dan Ricardo, that that's in itself a caveat. Like, guess he had a bad year, but he won a race this year. Yeah, I mean I that does help. It, I think that might make it worse, actually, that he won a race yet was comprehensively destroyed by his teammate on the year. And trying to go for you also have to win that caveat minus Colton Herda, because yeah. you know, and it was great. Penske dot 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 at Indianapolis. Uh, only one you of these say, was consistently okay. disappointing the entire season. Mm. Now, I'll go. I nominated Penske to Indianapolis. Now, you could have said Penske all year because Penske were going nowhere. They were spinning their wheels, minus Joseph Newgarden. Even most of his year was pretty awful. Somehow I finished second but in the championship. Indianapolis, yeah, because and that is not a, that does not reflect uh, on Penske's form across the team. That Especially reflects on Joseph Newgard being real good. Because at Indianapolis, you are Team Penske. You literally own this place. You do. Yep. Hey, big and you had willpower, wall riding to get into the field on bump day. Yeah, that was. Uh... Did you ever think you'd see Will Power, who in the last three years has become one of the best oval racers in the world, <laughs> like struggling to get through on bump day? That is wild. Um, no it one has been is... able to. Hang on, let's, let's, let's cut your cap. No one has talked me out of Aston Martin, and if anyone wants to try, feel free. But it's not happening. This is this is not a democracy. <laughs> may I, may I then, also uh... reinforce uh, Cam's point here by saying, mm. look, you can also extend this to the Penske back Peretta Autosport team, who also had to go through the last row shootout. If it wasn't mm. for Simon Patterson, Simon Pagano, scratching <laughs> and clawing his way to the front in third place. This would have been an embarrassment. The best thing that would have happened to Elio Castroneves' chance of winning an Indianapolis 500 for a fourth time was him being let go by the team that employed him for 21 years. It's the the other ones. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, Pagano, who uh, won this race uh, two years ago in crushing fashion, mm. had to had to ascend beyond mastered Ultra Instinct. Just to get third. 
And then at the end of the year, it was just like, well, not dealing with this bullshit anymore. Bye. <laughs> Elio, you got room over there? Good. <laughs> Strawberry milk for everyone. Um, I'll be wearing pink during the uh, IndyCar season preview for 2022. Um, Beautiful. But let's break into the real disappointment on the year. Aston Martin stunk. Yep. Aston Martin. No hope, all disappointment. <laughs> Rub it in, why don't you, King? <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but Jesus. Um, look, I, this was the team that got caught out by the regulations. Otmar was throwing his laptop at anybody prepared to listen um, at the start of the year, and they never really recovered from that. Threatening there. legal and... action. Threatening <laughs> legal action against the FIA for checks notes, something that happens every time that technical regulations change in Formula yeah. 1. Yeah, like like that Gran Turismo sports video. you got, you got to do things not to make yourself look bad. And uh, Aston Martin cried more about it um, profusely on a regular basis and never really recovered from it. Um, they got one podium for the year. Um, their own... The, 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 don't, we don't talk about Hungary. Um, <laughs> but... They were the team that we were all penciling in for third, and then they ended up seventh. That is a awful season. A, um, a, a lonely, mm. sleeping in the middle of the desert on a tarp, seventh. Yeah. Disappointment. The floppy award goes to Aston Martin, everybody. And I'm very Matt. sad about this. We love you, Matt, but sorry, buddy. Um, this one, this one's going, this one's, this one's heading, heading to Silverstone. Um, pfft. Speaking of this British old... racing green. I know. Livery, I know. The livery and Sebastian Vettel's radio were the only pleasant parts of this year for Aston Martin. Uh, oh, and the time that the Monaco TV director cut away from Sebastian Vettel making moves at Monaco to show Lance Stroll uh, clattering over the curbs in the swimming pool. Um, now, at least Aston Martin had expectations going in on them. But what if you were just bad with no expectations. Well, that puts you in the bracket of our participation cup given to the rider, driver, or team that was just simply there. Just there. Yeah. They, they were just there. They existed. We, we, we are confirming their existence. The nominees for the participation trophy are IndyCar's Dalton Kellis, um, who was just there a lot. Bless his heart. He seems like a nice enough guy, but he was just there a lot. Um, Haas Formula One team, because good lord, Haas certainly existed. Um, Alfa Romeo got nominated in this category as well um, by quite a few people. And Valentino Rossi made the shortlist. You cruel bastards. Also, oh I love that one goodness. nomination was from the biggest Valentino Rossi fan I know on Twitter, Kevin Walsh. That's genius. <laughs> Way to go, Kevin. <laughs> That's funny, I must uh. admit. <laughs> so, who do you guys reckon wins the participation trophy for the year? I know that Jimmy Johnson had a bad season in IndyCar, but there are mitigating circumstances that he's a 46-year-old rookie switching from stock cars. I know there have been questions about Matt Chilton's commitment to IndyCar. Don't uh, hold it, I... But Dalton Kellett, I've never seen a driver achieve as little as Dalton Kellett without even being like, it wasn't even like just 
you know, this driver is having multiple accidents, looking clearly out of their depth. He's just there. He's just there. Yeah. Get a you reckon? A line guy himself, Dalton Kelly. Like, <laughs> it's like number one, Alfa Romeo. They actually scored points. Like, they didn't finish last yeah. week. They weren't dreadful. Like, you can't points, vote for Alfa Romeo with Hasses there, can you? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, Cam, what do you reckon? Um. Hmm. Hmm. Tough one, Man, this, actually. I, I, you know, actually, to be honest, of our all of our nominees, this is the biggest achievement they will achieve all year. Probably. Um, the mere nomination, because they put more effort into getting nominated than this than anything in their respective craft. <laughs> I'm going to stick with my nomination. You're Okali Haas F1 team. We expected nothing from this team. They had the most bodged together, clearly just a regulation changed car just to get through this season. Mm -hmm. And yet it was somehow worse. It was somehow far worse than we ever could have feared. They were getting curb stomped by Williams. One of their drivers got 20 and owed. One of their drivers lost to someone who only did a couple races in the standings. Oh, you finished 21st in a 20-driver series. More on him later. More Whoa. on him later. You know, nothing could have been more perfect for all the discourse going on to Haas driver number nine than oh, him yeah. spearing off into the void in that pathetic joke of a Formula One car, the very first racing turn of his F1 career. This is a tough one. This is a tough one, actually. I, I honestly... Cam made a very competitive argument with Haas. Valentino Rossi's nomination was funny. One, because Kevin put it in there. And two, my brother put it in there as well, which is also quite funny. That's it, I must say. Um, it's got to be Dalton Kelly, hasn't it? It's just, If there is ever the definition of he's just happier to be here. You know, I see the Dalton point. You know Kellett. what? You know what I realized there? Yeah. Haas were too bad to merely participate. Right. They were, they, they were actively stinking up the joint. Right. But at least Dalton Don't Kelly didn't stunk hurt anybody's it up by doing, He did nothing. Right. Counterpoint with Dalton Kellett, though, he's at AJ Foyt Racing. Doesn't help. It doesn't help. But the participation trophy goes to Dalton Kellett, everybody. Oh, right. <laughs> it's only a war all year. AJ Foyt Racing bringing home some hardware. Not often you can Sakuma, say that. First time since Sakuma won at Long Beach. Right. It feels like it was like 20,000 years ago. Right. Mm, mm. Um, on to some more uh, serious and more glimmering awards. We now move to our Team of the Year award for the best team of the 2021. It just says the 2021. Uh, I guess it's yeah. the 2021 season. Uh, this can be any team from any form of motorsport, any at all. But there were only four. Oh, this is a tough one. Nominees for the team of the year. McLaren for their fourth place in the Formula One Constructors Championship this year. KTM Team IO, a great shout here for their championships in Moto3 and Moto2. And by the way, if you haven't seen Moto2, they seal clubbed the entire field in Moto2 with Remy Gardner and uh, Raul Fernandez. 
over there. Lucky the lucky eye of the class of the MotoGP Junior Ladder. Red Bull Formula One team for taking a championship out of Brackley for the first time in eight years. <laughs> Which has to be worth something. And IndyCar's Chip Ganassi Racing for having all three of their major contenders in the top eight of the championship, including Alex Pillow, who the series champion himself. Tough one. What do you guys reckon? King, I'm going to you first on this one. Team of the year. I should say KTM. I should say KTM. You really should, go. shouldn't you? I'm going to go with Chip. He's going to go with Chip. Pennsylvania educated man <laughs> is defecting <laughs> against his motorcycle love to go root for the Traitor. Pennsylvania man's <laughs> racing team. Traitorous heathen over there, King. How dare. Take that hoodie off right sense. now. <laughs> it makes sense, though. It makes sense. I am. <laughs> no, it doesn't. doesn't make any uh, sense at all. Uh, Cap, what do you reckon? My nominee ain't on this list, and I can't understand why. I can't understand why, because fuck him. At least the driver <laughs> that ended up winning. However, where the hell is Hendrick Motorsports? You know, that's, that's a very a, good point. That's a, that's a very good point. Again, it was a tough list. Uh, like, we are where? most nominated team just, only, only got only got four yeah, yeah. no one no one y'all gotta put in votes like come on yeah no one's just <laughs> ask our fan voted yeah. God. Sa <laughs> sasha that traitor our, our nascar <laughs> fan this this notoriously nascar centric podcast that we host uh, of course just, just letting the All side right. down well if I have to pick between these four pathetic inferior teams, got to go with Red Bull Honda F1 team. Um, mm. Not just because uh, I still haven't taken this jacket off since the last show. I actually shower in this now. Yeah, um, but because, it. dubious circumstances aside, we can't really put them aside, but, you know, they toppled Mercedes-Benz Formula One team. At least for yeah. one championship, and really the championship that um, the fans care about, if not the uh, shareholders. Of course. Max Verstappen was goddamn ridiculous. Operationally, once they shook off some of their early season yips, they were very opportunistic. Um, the cars were pretty reliable, unless they were either... In the final race, and in fear of pulling out a safety car or being speared by a uh, finished bowling ball. Mm. And they beat Mercedes. They beat Mercedes. That's a competitive enough sentence in itself. RJ, what do you reckon? Ah, this is tough, because I... The team that I nominated... Forgive me, it's slipping my mind who I nominated for. I must have not been, been as convicted enough in my choices. But um, for me, out of these choices, I got to go with Red Bull F1 team. I've been kind of cold on Christian Horner the last few years, but I'll give the credit the devil is due. That Netflix, uh, that that uh made for television heel bastard uh he ran a top team there every they exceeded all expectations 
Uh, they took a title off of Mercedes. They may not have won the constructors, but they they certainly split the pot, and that is good enough. They delivered a car that could capitalize on Max Verstappen's immense potential, and Max Verstappen in turn had a fantastic season. Uh, Sergio Perez did have his highs and lows, but overall, um, did damn near about all he could to secure that constructors championship along with it. I feel confident in Red Bull, but <laughs> it's not it's not an easy one. This award. You know how it terrifying is it is? Is this the first time Mercedes has not been on this list in the history of this podcast? Jeez. I'm I'm no pretty Mercedes. sure. I'm There's pretty no sure Mercedes. this is the last time. There's no Penske. There's no Prima. Yeah. There's and there's no there's no there's none of RJ's pick because he picked the Ducati F1 team on it. You picked the Ducati MotoGP team on his original ballot. Funnily enough, I didn't did dig that up in the preliminaries. This is tough. This is a choice between two for me. It's between Chip, which was my original nomination, and Red Bull. And just the idea of giving an award to Christian Horner, who's like the perfect anime villain with the smoking hot wife at this point. It's like, I just don't want to do it at this point. But they top, they climbed the mountain. It's, it's like the top rack point all over again. It's like somebody finally beat beat the mountain. It's like someone winning Takeshi's castle. It never happens. So you just kind of have to appreciate it when it does. I'm going to change them. I'm going to change them on. I'm going to say Red Bull. I'm, it's oh, going to Red Bull on this occasion. You are was... king out here on an island. <laughs> I went with him earlier on, on Monaco. It's only fair. I'm balancing the books. I, and, and look, <laughs> Verstappen was bloody brilliant this year. And a lot of that was down to his team. Excellent strategy calls. Producing a car that was finally good enough to topple uh, the monster that is Mercedes. And I think the team deserves some credit for that, don't you? So yeah, I, I think it's going to go to Red Bull Formula 1 team on this occasion. Um, just beating Chip Ganassi racing. It's a shame because they had a phenomenal year in IndyCar this year. And shout out to Team IO as well, who were bloody brilliant in Moto2 this year Destroyed as well. Destroyed Moto2. They won the team's championship in Aragon. In September. That's how far they clobbered the field. Ah, I um, switch oh, my vote to KTM. But it's already done, Dustin. It's yeah. time to move <laughs> on. We can't look back. We can only move forward to the hashtag beat them down. Excellent award for the most impressive individual effort uh, on two and four wheels. Two or four the, wheels, even. But, you know, the, maybe, maybe it could yeah. be both. You know, if someone were to do the John Surtees uh, thing again soon, I'm sure that'd be... Uh, but anyway, uh, our nominees are Dane Van Gisbergen in Sandown, who went from 17th to 1st in his first race after breaking his collarbone. Trust the uh, our resident, Azalean, uh, resident Australian sock and our uh, partly Australian traitor, Adam Johnson, for nominating for that award. Oh, you might also be, you might also hey, be supporting... Hey. Hey, we love some giz on this show. Oh, yeah. We do love... Be careful how you pronounce that. Um, <laughs> we also have Colton Herter at Laguna Seca. Um, that was a, an almighty clubbing from Colton Herter over there as well at Laguna Seca in IndyCar. Pedro Acosta, Qatar Race 2 in Moto3, where, and I've joked about this many a time, he won a race from the friggin' pit lane. Um, that was a thing that happened. Um, and Lewis Hamilton with, uh, with his 
plus 24 uh, overtakes on the weekend to come from the back to win in Brazil. Sort of. But it counts. So, the beat him down award. RJ, who do you reckon? Did I really write Laguna Seca when I meant to write Dan Long Beach? Oh, whoops. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, the Laguna Seca drive was good, but the Long Beach drive was even better. Incredible. He had, he had to cut mm. through the field on a track that's hard to pass on. And by mm. the time... And by the time uh, the championship was always up. Colton Hurdup is just like scooting the fuck away. Colton Hurdup oh, put yeah. in some damn good drives in that Long Beach guy. Drive was so good. Uh, it, folks, is it okay if I just like take a piece of crayon here and I just scribble out the Aguna Seca and then yes. write in underneath Ong Beach? Because yeah, I have L in here already. We'll allow it. Yeah, California. California. <laughs> Colton Herta in the state of California. This is a perfect yeah. compromise. Colton Herta owns the state of California. Colton Herta go. should be. Colton Herta would be uh, another celebrity pick for governor that could actually stand for change. Sure, Not sure, good. that could work. Nah, and the big knockwood. <laughs> the big knockwood. Okay, who do you reckon? Hamilton, Brazil. Come, come on, laying back in the field to the race win. Of course, obviously, the sprint race was in there, but that was one hell of a race weekend. Lewis Hamilton single-handedly made the case of why they should flip the field for the sprints. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. And literally Pretty out much. here influencing the direction of sporting regulations going forward, and that's why he's hashtag mm. blessed 44. Mm. Uh, Cam? Can't stand, y'all. I'm not, not putting up my... Uh... Not putting up my picks. Um, It'll help the well, battle. Not, I got. I got to load up the battle. I got to start out uh, faking some votes. Yeah, yeah. Start posting from your from your uh, from your burner accounts. Of course, all five of them. <laughs> I'm not useless. Call me on Twitter. <laughs> Cut that out. I'll take it to the police. <laughs> Go on, Cap. Ah. <laughs> uh, it was none of these. It was Hendrick at Dover. They finished one, two, three, four. <laughs> that is that is pretty beat him down. But this is not an NASCAR show. So it's tough shit. <laughs> oh. Hit one. But we have to talk about Alex Bowman. Uh, no, we don't. Set... Not for this segment. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, of this set, Pedro Acosta. He won from the pit lane. I don't need to say anything else. Uh, all together to the tune of uh, of a certain Chelsea player uh, being an extramarital affairs. He won from pit lane. He won from pit lane. Pedro Acosta. He won from pit lane. From pit lane. And that was where my nomination was. And that was Pedro Acosta. To win any Moto3 race is a hard task most of the time. To win a Moto3 race from the back is virtually impossible. We've seen guys like Danny Kent and Fabio Quattararo try it in years past. To win a Moto3 race from the fucking pit lane is out of this world. And I'm really... Otherworldly. It's difficult to quantify how nuts that is. Because we we don't see it. Period. Point blank. We yeah. don't see it. Yeah, it was... It, 
like the pit lane was worth about 15 seconds to come back from that far back in a moto free race is to win it on the final lap is utterly ridiculous i'm gonna split the tie pedro acosta's got his second award in the night pedro acosta winning from pit lane in moto free Via singing rendition from RJ O'Connell wins the Beat Him Down Award for the year because that was the single most impressive performance I've seen all year. That was utterly insane. Uh, Pedro Acosta wins the Beat Him Down Award of the year. Um, RJ, this is this is one of the big ones, and I think this one's going to be quite hotly contested next up. That's right. It's the series of the year. Straightforward. It's the best racing series of 2021. Uh, mm. and, uh, we, we got our big hitters. We got our big ones on the board. MotoGP, Formula E, IndyCar, and Formula One. Oh, boy. I'm just going to start out here. Anyone who nominated Formula E should just leave. Just, I'm just... I'll say this. Uh, out of the Discord, you, you'll get your severance package in the P.O. box. Yep. I'll say this. Formula E was never uneventful. It was chaotic, but was chaotic bad. We, I really, this, really wish it was more it was, uneventful. It, it, than it was, was chaotic. It was. It was like. It was like chaotic. It was just firmly in chaotic evil, and then Monaco just swoops in as like lawful good, ascending <laughs> to heaven. So, in, in that sense, there is hope. Yeah, there were some fun things that happened in Formula E, but there was also a hot mess. I did not vote for Formula E. I did not vote for any of these on this list. But I had to say, this year in IndyCar was pretty damn outstanding. First-time winners. Another fun championship fight that doesn't have to get muddled down with wacky officiating or double points or any other gimmicks. Fun stories up and down the field. It was it was some good, good racing. Another... Mm year where practically anybody has a chance to win and yeah it seems like the the same few teams the same few drivers are always in contention except we did have some new faces up in the championship fight with Pat Ward and Aaron McLaren SP King who do you reckon world championship Formula 1 how could you not this is one of the best seasons since 2012 <laughs> oh boy Cam The silence is, is telling. This is tough. It's a it's a tough tough one. because IndyCar was fantastic. First time winners, great action, phenomenal Indy five hundred. But Formula One, it was pretty good. But we had some bad good. officiating at the end. But we had great wheel to wheel and a great championship. It's very. <laughs> yeah, like hey, you're Formula, neutral. Formula One gave <laughs> us the kind of year that we wish Formula One had been like all these last five seasons. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's what that's what happens when Red Bull isn't dicking around in the wind tunnel. They make a half decent car. I know. Shout out to Adrian Newey, who is probably one of the toughest people alive. By the way. Oh yeah, yeah dude. Uh, dude. I say this with no exaggeration. Broke his head. He yeah. broke his head. He in broke places. his head in the middle of the season. Yeah. Ah. Uh, oh. Formula One. 
Is, is oh, Moto right. GP so now... about to get no love in the series of the year nomination? No! Like, like, this, 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 it's Moto GP's own fault for the, the, that they were not able to reach the dizzying heights they've reached in years past. This was a good Moto GP season. It wasn't a great Moto GP season, which says a lot about the state of GP. That where that was like a seven out of ten season was deemed a disappointment. Yeah, it's like, um, it's it's... like a four star match from Kenny Omega instead of like a five, six, or seven. One winged angel. Uh, it, it's kicks out of that. this is tough. Do I do I break the tie and go for the series that made me feel better about it, or do I go for the series that had the year that we all kind of low key want Formula One to be? Honestly, five years from now, which one of these seasons you're going to be talking about? Formula One, it is. Uh, yes. God damn it! For the I'll first you know. time. I have you know, when society is collapsed, those on the ground will speak of the strawberry milk. I was gonna say, like, speak of the fried chicken. The, I think I think this is the first time ever on the award show we've given the the series of the year award to Formula One. It's the first time Formula One ever won. Congratulations, Formula One, the pinnacle of motorsport. This plucky underdog startup championship. Pinnacle of motorsport finally, finally made it to the top. That's right. <laughs> truly. It is, it is truly climbed the mountaintop, and all it took was some decent racing, the crippling of a Mercedes, and some dodgy officiating. Way to go, Michael. The award's heading your way. Look out for the angry That's hate fun. mob with the pitchforks and the Hamilton t-shirts behind you. It, it could get a bit rough in these streets. Now, time for some funny real quick. Um, yes. It's time for the never it's time for the never log off award. It's the award given for the best meme or just general sense of humor that came out of motorsport this year. That's right. And we got some fun ones. We got this we got four round. we got four nominees. We have the Bathurst 1000 being invade, invaded by an echidna in the middle of the race, which I thought was yep. funny. Um the ongoing social media disaster that was both Jim and Jesse Glickenhaus from New York. Oh, Jim and Jesse him. from New York, as we call them. Uh, Lucas Degrassi trying the Jeff Burton at the 2002 NASCAR All-Star Race <laughs> slash oh, Michael so Schumacher at the 98 British Grand Prix at London. And it didn't work. And L Plan. Fernando L -Plan. Alonso's El Fernando Alonso's cryptic catchphrase that caught on like wildfire in social media, but oh, hold on, there's another. Oh no, it's the Michelin Man again! The Michelin oh, Man no! was our fifth nominee the here. whole time. He was just waiting around the nope, corner. Nope, nope, get him out of here. Get nope. him out of here. Everyone pop your anti-horny pills. We, we already know who the winner is. We already know who the winner Margaret is. Margaret Thatcher a swimsuit. Margaret Thatcher a swimsuit. Margaret Thatcher a swimsuit. Okay. <laughs> I, I got it taken care of. Go on, King. Who, who do you reckon your social winner is here? Jim from New York. Gotta do it. <laughs> gotta throw the hometown guy into the bus because no one likes him. Oh, God no. damn it. This is, this is the one time that people have universally come around to say that Fernando Alonso, who has been cast as one of the prickliest characters of Formula One for the past 15 years, this is the first time that he has been universally beloved to all but his most ardent haters. Yep. And he, and just like Fernando Alonso, he's getting he's going to get awful used to finishing in second. Cam, ah! um, <laughs> what do you reckon? Look, I'm the sports car guy. You know, <laughs> I've been waiting. This has been boiling over the surface for 
the whole year. Clay, is, in, uh, screaming about balance of performance. Building a car that barely looks like it's from this century. Claiming the regulations are written against him. Trying to be the plucky underdog while also being a millionaire. It's not even that good. Screeching bloody murder about how everyone else's car is outsourced while his car is outsourced. It can oh, only no. be one. James Glickenhaus. You bile spewing hypocrite. Log off. And, and, your, and, uh, your fucking, and your cowboy hat looks like shit. No, that's just petty. Oh, no. Look, I don't think we've ever given an award on this show to a sports car category before. I think it's only fitting we break the duck in year six. Yes! Cam, you've got your moment. (laughs) The Never Log Off Award goes to Jim from New York, everybody. (sighs) Oh, like uh, accept the word on be- on his behalf and toss it into the Hudson. Bing bong. <laughs> <laughs> we share one brain cell. Uh, up do. next is the Collapse Award, the aka the Secret Base Registered Trademark, not endorsed by Secret Base or the Vox Media Group. Uh, Collapse Award given for the biggest ongoing downfall or own goal executed on the season. Um, and as we go through the list of nominees, Dre, you're going to mm. notice a theme. And uh, yes. if you are a fan of both <laughs> mu- motorcycles and musical instruments, you oh, yeah. may you may want to just wince at this one if you don't yeah. tune it out already for the next five minutes. Play a little tune, like like Jeff Jarrett in the Acoustic Equalizer. Uh, the nominees for the Secret Base Collapse Award... <laughs> Kevin Harvick for going from nine wins last year to going winless in 2021. Shout out to the we are a NASCAR podcast. <laughs> There's more on that later. Um, Valentino Rossi uh, for having one top ten finish all year in his final year of motorcycle racing. Sigh. Maverick Vinales, his teammate at Yamaha, albeit for about half the season, for intentionally trying to blow up a motorcycle on a live racetrack. So much so, he was sacked for it. Uh, And more Yamaha, the entire Patronus SRT team, who had an unmitigated disaster. Frankie Morbidelli got hurt, Valentino Rossi was mediocre, and Patronus themselves left the damn sport, and they were stuck with having to sign Darren Binder. It's, uh, it, time. How do you go from the best team in MotoGP to arguably one of the worst? Hey. It's, uh, it's been a hard year. It's been a hard year. So, terrifyingly, (sighs) terrifyingly, I think we can make a case for all of these. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is hotly Uh contested. Mm. Kevin Harvick, I I don't know what happened there. I don't know if the effects of Father Time are finally starting to catch up to him or not, but, I mean, we know it was doing that for Valentino Rossi, I mean. I mean, dude wanted to go out like Michael Jordan in 98. He went out like Wizards Jordan. No, because you can't say that during the week where 20 years ago Jordan dropped 51 at the age of 38. Uh, Jordan (laughs) was still good for one of those. It's more um, like Rockets Barkley at this point. Oh, yeah. God. It, oh, it's more, it's more like, and, I, and I'm Shaq. sorry to bring this up, but it's like Shaq of the Celtics. 
Shaq ran out the string. Uh, Maverick Vinales has but one mitigating circumstances. He lost his younger cousin, Dean Bird, in a motorcycle accident, and that sucks. That mm. that generally sucks. It's been a that bad year for, for riders, but man, I'd never seen anybody just completely have such have their relationship between themselves and their employer gets so toxic that they're just trashing a bike during the middle of a race. Yeah. Jake, what do you reckon? Well, I do have to mention that uh, a certain someone during their retirement year was assembling all the parts and pieces for their own MotoGP team for next year. And they announced a title sponsor without actually finishing the deal. (laughs) From Saudi Arabia, no less. It's only the second biggest shit show to come out of Saudi Arabia in motorsport this year. (laughs) There's a list. Um, This is tough, but mitigating factors or not, a man tried to blow up a motorcycle in the middle of the season. It has to be Maverick Vinales. It has to be. I'm sorry. Maverick's already testy relationship with Yamaha completely imploded. Almost like his bike did in Austria over the course of the season, and I'm sorry. Like, if you're trying to endanger yourself and others in the middle of a Grand Prix, that is a collapse for uh, of monumental proportions for a man. already going off the boil even before then. He was having another yeah. one of those Maverick seasons where it's like, you know the potential is there, but he's not reaching it. Because, like, when Maverick's on it, he's on it. But lately, those days have become less and less and less. Indeed. Camera real quick. Go on, Cam. This is the thing with Maverick. Because on any other year, you'd be 100% right. But you're 100% wrong. Because Maverick Vinales was already the biggest disappointment in MotoGP for years to this point. (laughs) Oh my God. <laughs> we're going to go back be, and we're going to give win. every collapse of water Maverick Vidalis. We're going to grandfather it in. Um, but just for now. Sorry, Alvaro. Alvaro. Hi. <laughs> Patronus SRT Yamaha were so disappointing the team died. They're dead. They're being resurrected under a different name and same ownership, different sponsorship. It's, it Valentino Rossi was cooked, boiled, braised, and smoked. <laughs> and, as if that wasn't bad enough, you forced Frankie Morbidelli, who already came into the season injured and only got more injured to the point where he had to rebuild a knee that will probably never be the same. Mm. You forced him to keep a 2019 bike for purposes of evaluation between that old bike and the new one. Hedging your bets that the old one would still be better. They were nowhere. And then Frankie got hurt. And then they brought back Andrea Davizioso, who, bless his heart, really not in form on that Yamaha. Which, again, two-year-old Yamaha. Can't really expect much. But the thing that gets me, the thing that tugs at my heartstrings. Oh, we, we can never tell. <sighs> you signed Darren Bender. 
You don't let this go, are you? Ma- <laughs> Maverick Vinales, on that day in Austria, was a danger to himself and others. Darren Bender is a danger to himself and others every time he throws a leg over a racing motorcycle. Oh, that's harsh. Come on. <laughs> Dude! Have you seen some of the... Cr- have you seen some of the crashes that he has caused? Can I just He's going to be on a 300 horsepower prototype next year. I appreciate that Garrett Gerloff, Cal Preslow, and Jake Ditson have caught no strays so far. I mean, there's no. still time. There's still time on the clock. There was there was no expectations. No. You make a competitive argument, but I'm going to stick with Maverick because Mavericks was totally self-inflicted. Ah! There was a lot of mitigation or uh, an SRT on that one. They were loyal to their man, Binder. I can understand in a cutthroat world of motorsport that they wanted to stand by their train wreck. Um, so we'll see how that goes next year. But Maverick takes the Collapse Award. The next next up, we have the OSW Championship for the best fight on track this year. Whether it be on or off the track. And shout out to our man Lewis for the funniest nomination I've heard all year. John McPhee versus Jeremy Alcoba in Qatar that actually was a fist fight. <laughs> which was brilliant. <laughs> which I love really, that like, John gets extra points. I-, I love that John McPhee like threw a punch at Jeremy Alcoba, even though it was Darren Binder that caused the accident. <laughs> like it's proving my point. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I got to I got to get another hit off of this, but there are some good ones. We also had Fernando Alonso versus Lewis Hamilton in Hungary. Mm. A great on-track fight. We go back to an off on and off-track fight between Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott in Bristol. Ooh, and oh Mercedes versus Red Bull in Formula 1. We got some laughs out of Harvick versus Elliott, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, we the problem is that it's not really Harvick versus Elliot. It was Harvick versus himself that ended the beef because he looked at Chase Elliott in his mirror, got scared, and crashed himself out of an elimination race. Oh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Do we go with that? Do we go with the actual on-track fight, which was Alonzo v. Hamilton, or do we go with the title fight between Mercs and Red Bull? What do you um, reckon, King? Is I... that, is he checking out there? Harvick versus Elliot, without a doubt. <laughs> I look back on it, it's like, Harvick and Elliot just got up in each other's face and pointed at each other a lot, and they had some ugly things to say about it, when it but they didn't throw any actual punches. That That is that is a heated confrontation. That is no, because they fight. threw punches with their cars. Yeah, yeah, the next week, at the Roval. Oh, yeah. At the Roval, yeah. Yeah, but this uh, is not specifically for Kevin Harvick versus Chase Elliott in Bristol and the Roval. This is for Kevin Harvick versus Chase Elliott in Bristol. Uh, I'm not even going to ask Kevin. specific. Uh, I'm not even going to ask Cam on this one because he's been pining for NASCAR all day and we got to give him something. Nope. Quite frankly. No, no, because <laughs> I'm not picking this one. Oh, I'm okay. Pick- Come on. It's Mercedes versus Red Bull at F1. Come on. on track battles. On yeah. track battles. Toto Wolf and Christian Horner catfighting constantly. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. For, for the laughs. Mercedes versus Red Bull. Yeah, Mercedes Let's versus say- Red Bull in F one was my was, would be my actual choice out of the choices that I that are on this list because like look, this is a fight that like spilled out into the most tribalistic corners of social media on every every single platform. But you know can I mean? he this punch is- like an angry Scottish bike rider? <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. But uh, no, I'm with you on this one. This was the transcendent fight in all of motorsport this year. It was Merckx versus Red Bull, and they win the championship belt for fight of the year. It will be decided between Toto Wolff and Christian Horner in a Hell in a Cell match. <laughs> Sometime, sometimes in February. All uh, right, folks, it's time. We're in the big three now. We're in the big oh boy. three categories. And no better place to start than with what I consider one of the most prestigious awards in all of motorsport. Uh, this, this award is one that really changes the game. Uh, it honors the very worst of motorsport. That's right. Some, some of us call it the Fallon Door. It is also officially known as the Golden Cock. This was a hotly contested award. Um, Definitely. One that, you know, could set a present to things. Either sometimes these people can just fall into obscurity, or they can be launched into unforeseen superstardom after winning this award. There are four <laughs> really good nominees. And they are. Formula One driver number nine. You know him. We know him. Nikita Mazepin. For existing, essentially. Um, Lewis versus Max Discourse and Toxic Sideshow, especially on Twitter. That's a, that's a, that's a big one right there. Um, Scuderia Cameron Glickenhaus. Sports cars made the golden cock this year. Amazing. Oh what an God. achievement the Glickenhaus is, is, has got on Is Jim going to sweep? Oh, we're pulling for New York here. Bing bong. And, of course, I know it, you know it. We was always going to be here. Michael Massey and the entire FIA. And I think you know why. <laughs> so, gentlemen, I'm going to do this one a little bit differently. Is there any reason to go against Michael Massey on this one? Because we all know who the favourite is here. Can you first. <laughs> I, I feel like... Awarding Michael Massey the Fallon Door would encourage people online to keep going after him. Not that I'm saying he's not deserving. I just sort of want to move on and let the FI investigate this. I'd rather give it to someone who needs the spotlight and the attention so everyone could point out how terrible they are as a person as and as a motorsport competitor. That's why I want Scootery and Cameron Glickenhouse to win the wow! show. Wow. Are we going to get the biggest upset in the history of the of the Motorsport 101 Awards here? Is Glickenhouse going to say, Cam, are you doubling up on this? I want to amend one. Go on. The FIA, but not specifically Michael Massey. The whole Monty, the whole organization. Because how quickly we forget as far as motorsport officiating. Formula One was just one section of god-awful officiating. The whole year in Formula E, yeah, Monaco's right. side was a mess. Mm -hmm. Over-engineered over rules... Rules that could be gamed and the FIA punishing them in real time. The WEC finale. 
Ooh, that was rough. The dump and run scene around the world. Yep. God, the FIA stank this year. However, <laughs> Scuderia Cameron Glickenhouse. Oh, God. Oh, okay. Jay. Okay. Are, are, so... you, are you, 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 you going to put me in an untenable position where I have to go for Glickenhouse if it's three against one? Um, No. No, you don't, because um, King and Cam, I hear your points, but hear (laughs) me out. If there was an award show last year, it would have probably fallen around the time that the Nikita Mazepin video came out. And if there were an award show, it would not have been a good taste to put him in, because that's like, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to make light of, like, really bad guy shit. But... A year would have passed since this hypothetical 5th Annual Motorsport 1 Awards has not happened. And I think that would have been enough time for pass. For me to point out that Nikita Mazepin has no business being on a Formula 1 track. It's not just that his character would disqualify him from that, and it really, really should have. But hey, his father practically runs the team now. It's that... Dude looks so far out of his depth that you could not convince me that he was a, a title contender in Formula 2 for some point in time. He, he looked for as much of a, ham, a pig as the Haas was. Dude got nowhere close. And even off the track, he was still berating his team. He was barely toxic to work for. He really did the minimum of like wanting to better himself as a person as figure of the sport. I'll give him only credit for one thing with this that like raising money for self policy is good. I will give him that. But folks, Nikita Mazepin is just he's not fit for purpose. And that's why I am nominating him. Off. Do we want okay. to reel off his qualifying record between twenty and zero in favor of Mick Schumacher? You've put me in a very difficult position here, chaps. Um, all three of you made compelling arguments. <laughs> and I have to break the tie. Do I go... What tie? It's two to one. Well, oh, oh God, you're right. I can't believe I'm going to say this. The Golden Cock for 2021 goes to Scuderia Cameron ah! House. Yes! Your title is coming! Fuck your life, bing bong! <laughs> it's the double for New York. King's Finest has brought home the most phallic of awards. The prestigious the Golden The Co- trophy. That's the only trophy he's brought home all year. I know! It's it, It'll go on the mantelpiece right next to his outsourced car. Um, and it did a monumental job to beat the entirety of Formula One Twitter and the the corporation that runs was the series that we all love to hate. Congratulations, Jim! It's your moment. You win the golden. This Cup. is yours, Jim. You've done it, Jesse. Too. You, you've both won it. You, father and son, have come together between bad social media presence. Uh, bad gamesmanship. Um, the only non-complicit parties in this are the Yoast Racing Organization that, fr- frankly, runs your team for your dumb asses and the drivers who bail you out on a consistent basis. Uh, with those people aside, and for all the mechanics, you you run an absolute shit show of a racing program. 
<laughs> and you, oh, you, God, but you've one thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's one thing that put me, put this over the top for me. And it's him going on social media in a Facebook group that I believe RJ and myself are both part of. Yeah. And openly mocking and insulting Yan Martinborough for a crash which caused spectator fatalities that was not his fault. Yeah. But fuck, fuck that. Fuck you, Jim. Fuck <laughs> that, dude. Yeah. Yeah, screw that guy. Uh, now, right. the, the first half of the big two. And the writer of, of the, the year award. Yeah. And this the year, Squire Award. the Jason Dupasque Award for writer of the year. It was a tough year. We lost a lot of writers. We lost Moto3 writer Jason Dupasque. So this year, the uh, the writer of the year award is nominated, is named in honor of him. And we have got some good candidates for the Dupasque Award in 2021. 2021 MotoGP runner-up Francisco Bagnaia. We have 2021 World Superbike Champion Toprak Razgatioglu. We have 2021 Moto3 Champion Pedro Acosta. Could he get a hat-trick here? <laughs> I think mean, that's never happened in a single award ceremony. And we have the 2021 MotoGP World Champion Fabio Quattararo. Gentlemen, Rider of the Year goes to... Fabio. Fabio's got to get it. <laughs> it's a win for the Gen Zs here, folks. We've got <laughs> Kings going Fabio, strailing, zoomed in on the mic and everything. Uh, <laughs> Cam, what do you reckon? For me, it has to be Top Rack. Ooh. Top Rack overturned the walking winning machine and Jonathan Ray mm. and did it emphatically. Did it in a way where going into the final races, there wasn't a lot Ray could do with him. No. And we haven't been able to say that since Ray stepped onto a Kawasaki. Indeed. In a year Logic. where nobody was consistent, in a year where Mark Marquez was still on the mend, Fabio Cartararo put together all the potential that he showcased in his rookie year of MotoGP, which was not too long ago. He vanquished the demons of a painful 2020 over-the-season collapse and put together a phenomenal season for Yamaha with basically no other help around him. Because we've already talked, we've already gone at length about the situation with Maverick, the turmoil in the satellite camps, and Fabio Cordero put together one of those great seasons that really should put him in the discussion of being a leap rider for many, many, many years to come. There's no, there's no unworthy nominees in this bunch. Indeed. I just think Fabio's that little bit better. I was going to say they're all, they've all been phenomenal in their own ways this year, but. Fabio Quadraro finally put together the season that we all thought he was capable of. And, yeah, the kid's a monster. Um, he is the future of this sport. There is no doubt about that. Um, for me, I'm with King. I'm with RJ. The Jason DiPasquier Award for Rider of the Year goes to Fabio Quadraro, our MotoGP world champion. <laughs> Unlucky top rack. Any other year, you might have had a decent chance at that one. Because we have gone Jonathan Ray before on this show in, in years past. We don't gloss over World Superbikes, but ha- un- unlike Dorna. Um, so... <laughs> Alright, you, you have another chance next year, Top Rack. Now go beat Ray again. Yeah, beat him again. That's, that's fun. Now, the other side of the coin. 
the driver of the year on four wheels this time. The nominees are Kyle Larson for Hendrick Motorsports in NASCAR for one of the great NASCAR seasons of modern times. I'm sure that will go over well. Shane Van Gisbergen, because the Australians piled on in force for their man over in supercars. Alex Pelot, the IndyCar Series champion. And Max Verstappen, the Formula One world champion. This is going to be hard, but gentlemen, your driver of the year is... Before I get to talking about my actual nominee, I just want to make the case for Shane Van Gisbergen. He started the year with six consecutive wins in a in a pretty long supercar season, about uh, 31 races long, six in a row to start the year, took his second series championship on a fucking cancer. If nobody else is going to make the case for Shane Van Gisbergen, I will but I'm not going with him. I'm going with second-year IndyCar driver Alex Pillow, who walks into the house that a Pennsylvania man built and a Australian-born New Zealand man did all the decorating, set the table, hung up all the nice ornaments, made the bed, vacuumed all the floors, only for this fried chicken aficionado to come in and win the title, starting with a witness first race with the team, coming within a half a second of ripping Elio Castroneves' fourth Indian 500 title away from him, miraculous come-from-behind victories, holding off the charge of Pat O'Ward, holding off the charge of Joseph Newgard, holding off the charge of his own teammate Scott Nixon to become IndyCar Series champion. And oh, by the way, he didn't even use his wet weather prowess. That's how good this dude is. Mm. Alex Pillow walked into the House of Pancakes and demanded fried chicken and waffles. Oh. <laughs> That's it's it all. It's perfect. Cam, who, who, who's your pick? Oh, God. Because we know you nominated Verstappen. Mm. Are you going to stick the with problem. that? That's the problem here is that there is two drivers here that put together legitimate all-time seasons. I'll make the case for one driver first. Um, Kyle Larson, that guy. That guy that wasn't uh, wasn't in NASCAR for most of last year. Wow, what happened? Did he, did he hurt his, did he break his well, leg? <laughs> um, no, he um, he broke the game a moment of service. He yeah, really he was switched in, terms of service pretty hard. Yeah, it was in game um, protocol. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So, so, so he suffered season-ending cancel culture. <laughs> of course, he, he suffered. Uh, he he suffered a a season-ending dumbass moment. Can I can I just say, by the way, that this is that like the dichotomy between Larson and Mazepin is like so distinctive. It goes to show that people don't care about like athletes being canceled or whatever the fuck if they're if they're not performing if you need another example of that look at how many people are rushing to the fence of uh, to the fence of matt de benedetto who not didn't just let his mask slip he ripped it off of his face and grok spiked it in the trash while pounding his chest and, and uh, i've, already I have never... for yeah um but irrespective of his actions off the track Kyle Larson on the track was terrifying this year. 
everything he stepped into, he won in. He won in NASCAR. He won the championship in NASCAR, both in the traditional sense and in the meme playoff sense. He led a rejuvenated Hendrick Motorsports to record their record-breaking win at the Coca-Cola 600 to take the most wins in NASCAR history. And outside of NASCAR, everything he stepped into, he won. That is no exaggeration. However, (laughs) Kyle Larson is Kyle Larson, and Kyle Larson will get no love from me. As a former huge fan of his, it pains me to say that. I wish I could celebrate this as a season of a driver I supported all the way up through the ranks. Oh, trust me, same. I wish I didn't have to think about all the other people, all the other influencers of social media, volunteering to be his PR rep when he didn't need it. (laughs) When he himself, you know... Owned up to what he did and has at least taken steps to try and rectify it. It's not my place to say whether he ever can. And my, and my belief, I don't really think he can, but enough about him. Let's talk about my nominee. Max Verstappen brought down the entire vending machine on formula one this year. (laughs) Were it not for finishes that were outside of his control all mitigating circumstances, he would have wrapped up this title early. Probably. He broke the podium record in the season. He had a worst finish outside of Hungary when he finished ninth in the points with about, um, what do you say, about two-thirds of a Formula One car? Still yeah, attached. Sir, I'd say that. He had his car canned open. That was his only non-terminal damage of the season that he suffered. Yeah. Other than that, what was his lowest finish, guys? Second. Second. First, second, second or mitigating circumstances, which likely end in a retirement. Damn. Just damn. I was a big fan of his when he broke on a scene. I know I've cooled on that, but the, the reason why I was attracted by I, why, why, why I like Matt's coming up is that, you know, there is always this hype of this upper level potential this ruthless aggression that he had. And he put it all together. I'll say it here. The first opportunity he gets in a title, a title level car, he just up and beats Lewis Hamilton, you know, probably greatest driver to uh, ever walk this planet earth. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Massey uh, circumstances aside, because let's be real. Probably should have had the title wrapped up earlier in that point, but someone didn't want to back out off the inside of cops. It happens. King, where do you sit on this? Hmm? I'm going to have to go with, I'm going to have to go with my pick, which is going to seal it. Max Verstappen, like, (laughs) it's hard to argue against the statistics. Like, it might be Alex Pelot's second year in IndyCar and winning the championship. That is very, very impressive. But the season that Max Verstappen put together is going to be something that will go down in the history books and be remembered for decades to come as one of the close title fights in the history of the sport. I, the yeah. only thing that could have put Pelot over Verstappen's season as it was is if he had taken that Indy 500. And second by a couple car links ain't bad, but no, you either win or you don't. 
I was, that was, I was given that uh, coming. Yeah. yeah, I was giving it some thought, and I was like, I literally said, and this is how Cam's in my head. I said, I said to myself, if Polo had done the double and won the five hundred, I'd have probably would have taken him by a nose. But Verstappen was just phenomenal this year. Like ten poles, ten wins, eighteen top ten, eighteen top two finishes on the year, mitigating factors on all four races he didn't, and beating in as pretty close to near equal machinery as we've gotten, Lewis Hamilton. Arguably the greatest driver of all time. It's Max Verstappen for me. And our driver of the year, Max Verstappen, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, yeah. It, uh... But, before we get out of here, do we give him the overall Athlete of the Year award yes. over Fabio? Yes. Yes. Doing this anymore. Yes. I thought By... we weren't doing this anymore. The the overall well, motorsport athlete of the year award. I mean, I guess we we don't have like a Marquez versus the field sort of situation. So no, we, we don't. Yeah, back? we had to stop doing the award because Mark Marquez was terminally victorious. Okay, before yeah. we get out of here, do we decide to proceed with our hastily arranged athlete of the year? Verstappen. <laughs> it's, it's Verstappen. Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen season God. destroys Fabio's in every statistical category. I can't Dust. type. I can't type on this. Okay, I just. I. I guess I just gotta like right on here. Max. <laughs> yeah, that works. Verstappen. Well, well, he made it to Milton Keynes. It's fine. Um, just before we get out of here as well, big thanks to Jason as well on, on our Discord for putting the nomination list together and taking all the votes and taking the time out as he does every year. Much appreciated, Jason. Thank you very much for all your help. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed the Motorsport 101 Awards for another year. I'm going to go and fall asleep on my chair like Chrissy Teigen did. But before then, basically you can find us one more time. YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Twitter, Motorsport underscore 101. Our personal handles at Harrison 101HD. And Ryan Eric King at RJ O'Connell. And at CBuckley917. Instagram, Motorsport 101 pod. Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. And our website, Motorsport 101. Dot com. I'm now going to spend the next week avoiding a certain page on a website that's got the name Top 50 written on it. Be that oh man, I didn't know OnlyFans got a Top 50. Hi <laughs> <laughs> <Bye>, everybody! <laughs> Later y'all! <laughs>